Welcome to AI Marketing, a podcast for sales and marketing professionals that want to increase their sales, leads, and conversions through the use of artificial intelligence solutions. And now, here's your host, Mark Fredelman. I've known Brian Kramer for several years as a friend and a friendly competitor. He basically invented the term H2H, which stands for human to human. So you might be wondering why I invited Brian on the show. Well, I respect Brian's opinion, and I'd love to have him discuss the challenge of H2H in an emerging AI world. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate being here. And, and uh, it, you're right, it has been a while since we uh, have known each other. Brian, why don't you give everyone a little bit of a background of yourself uh, before we jump in? Yeah, that sounds great. I um, My background is actually uh, both in marketing and leadership. I, I've worked my way through agencies, the agency life, um, advertising and marketing agencies, that is. Um, started uh, an agency within a larger company under a P&L and got to learn how to spend somebody else's money and grow a company, which was really fun. Um, and make mistakes and grow. And we ended up becoming one of the largest interactive companies in the in the country. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I wish it was the country. It was in Silicon Valley. Uh, and then after we had sold that to a, a national company, I met my then girlfriend, now wife, and we started a company and got married all in the same year. Um, had Pure Matter, an agency for 17 years. And um, did very well, had some ups and downs, um, mostly ups, but near the end, it was challenging. And we decided to take a look at the market and say, maybe we didn't want to do marketing anymore. So we transitioned ourselves out and fired ourselves. Um, and then we um, both uh, took on some new challenges. And I am having a blast for the last few years. I've been uh, coaching people in speaking and um, marketing and in um, leadership and uh, personal life challenges. And I went out and got certified and all this work in leadership and have really poured myself into it, leveraging everything that I did run in the company before then or companies before then. And now I'm having an absolute blast. And in between all of that, I wrote a couple books. The first one, as you mentioned, is HH, Human to Human. Um, there's no B2B or B2C, it's Human to Human. Um, so I'm rooting for the humans, go humans. And then um, second book was Shareology, How Sharing Empowers or Powers the Human Economy. And did a ton of research into why, where, where, how, and when people and brands share. All of this was done before AI. So now the definitions have changed on both of those books. And so that's why I'm really excited to be standing here talking with you. Great. And I've worked with both you and your wife on a few projects. And it's just been a pleasure knowing you and working with you and, uh, I really respect your opinion, which is why we're going to have an exciting conversation about H2H and AI, a couple of acronyms. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I want to start off with uh, a quote that I found that you had said, uh, and that was, artificial intelligence isn't going to make you lose your job, but not learning new skills will. What did you mean by that? And I know there's a lot of people that are afraid that artificial intelligence is going to take their jobs. Uh, could you kind of expand on that quote, what you were talking about? Yes, that's an important one because there is, and whether you call it AI or, or machine learning, 
Um, there are activities that we do in our everyday life that are routine. Um, there are things that we do that we don't realize that take up time. And we end up spending so much time um, doing these things, but don't realize because it's just written into our human systems, if you will. And so we just end up doing it. I'm not talking about exercise. I wish that was one of them. But the other things that we do, like when we're using a computer and we're scheduling, or we're using a computer and we're, um, we're, we're following up with people, or, you know, there's, there's things that we just, just do, and we know how to do them, and we don't think about them, kind of like riding a bike. And I think that those things are the things that take away from the higher level, strategic, moving things that really makes us more money. And at the end of the day, if we, um, if we can spend more time on strategy and spend more time actually having conversations with people, and I mean like real world conversations like this one that you and I are having, then that's what brings us closer together. Um, so, you know, if we're spending time every day, like three, four hours, I make up in my head that we're all spending a lot of time, at least on these active routine stuff, uh, things then yeah, bring on the, bring on the uh, bots, bring on the AI, bring on the stuff that's going to help us get closer to humans at the end of the day. So we can spend more time doing the stuff that's actually going to make a difference. Okay. So, I mean, if I could summarize kind of your position, it's like, you know, we got human to human connections are still going to trump anything that's invented by humans in, in terms of artificial intelligence or machine learning. And as long as artificial intelligence is pushing us closer together, not apart, you're, you're for it. Absolutely. You, you just nailed it. Okay. But that leads me to my next question. So I know your position on artificial intelligence now, but how do you look at artificial intelligence in terms of being human to human? So my, when I was first reached out to you, I thought you were going to take a fundamental stance against AI, given your strong stance on, on H2H. So how are you looking at both of those positions and, and kind of saying, okay, we can have AI, but we need H to H, and you're okay with AI, but you really have a strong stance on H to H, and yeah. you said they can coexist. And yeah. So my question is around how do they coexist in your mind, and, and how does this look going forward? Okay. So there's this. Um, I'll go back to the time and productivity piece. Um, th there's bigger use cases, but this one just probably makes the most sense. Um, just because you can see the application very quickly. An example, there's a, a calendaring program that I, I've i used in the past. I'm not using it currently because I have another system that I'm using or assistant that I'm actually using. But I have it and have used it and it's been seamless. And it's kind of cool. And I actually use it in, in a lot of my keynotes when I talk about how um, AI and, and HDH can work together. And this system, and I know you're going to ask me the name, and I don't know why I'm blank guy because I say their name all the time. But there's basically an AI uh, bot that will that you copy or CC uh, with someone and say, "Hey, can you schedule time with this person?" And from that point forward, you get taken off all the emails, and that AI actually talks in plain language and says, "I'd be more than happy to schedule that." And um, hello, John or hello, um, Mark, how does the following look? Brian has availability on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Now here's the interesting thing. 
I've actually emailed uh, somebody or copied them at 11 o'clock at night and no way will it, <laughs> or most of the time my assistants aren't going to be up and they're not going to email back within about five seconds. Right. Um, and so the AI is so much faster and they're Johnny on the spot. And then the person emails back and they say, none of those times will work. Um, how about this day and this day? And the AI will email back within about another like 15 seconds and say, actually this that time right there will actually work i'll go ahead and schedule it i'll send you an invite in that invite is the actual zoom link that you need and it all happened as fast as the other person could keep up and i'm like and it all is in a pleasant language right it, it makes you really feel warm towards this person one of my friends actually called me separately and said whoever you hired i want to hire that same person <laughs> and i said uh, Greg, scroll down and read at the bottom. It tells you that it is an AI. You actually just, I mean, how good is that? So there's an example of, I still am going to meet with that person. I'm still going to get on Zoom and we're going to talk. It brought me closer to that meeting and faster to that meeting than um, the four or five emails that happened. Now, how many times does a meeting actually get rescheduled and somebody can't make it? And so they email, whether they email that email, um, Linda, or I, I can't remember the, the name of the bot, um, or they email me and I copy her, her again and say, okay, we need to reschedule this. But either way, all of a sudden now there's four to, four to five more emails that happen again, because we now need to reschedule. Again, I don't have to worry about any of that. And it happens at any time, any day. Also, the day before um, the meeting, uh, she sends a reminder. And then an hour before, if I want it to, she'll send another reminder and just say, hey, looking forward to this. If you need to reschedule here, let us know. I've also got like preferences in there so I can fill out like 20 things of where I like to eat and where I like to meet, what typical length of time I like to meet and all of these different things. So every time I email, my preferences are always taken to heart um, or to AI if they have a heart. Um, and, and then that's put out there. So I mean, hopefully that kind of gives a little bit of a sense as to how AI and humans can really work together to bring me closer to having the conversations that matter, but not spending time on the things that I that don't really serve me. Yeah, I think, you know, what you've hit on is that AI is really good for a certain task that's got boundaries. When it starts going beyond that boundaries, it really gets difficult for AI to catch up to that. I also like the fact that you... What you're basically saying is AI is okay as long as it has a heart. So AI with a heart is, I think, your position uh, in terms of keeping the H to H in the AI. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, it, I think it does serve a better um, place when it's always coming from um, a specific laser-focused task and it's staying on the light side, not on the dark side. Okay, yeah, wonderful. Um, so I know there's a question out there around you know, people that agree with you, and I'm one of them, you're keeping the human within artificial intelligence. How do you do that? I mean, let's say that I'm creating a bot for some kind of a, a tech organization like uh, IBM. You know a little bit about, about, about IBM. And uh, I want to make this as human as possible. What kind of rec what, what recommendation are you giving an IBM uh, in terms of artificial intelligence? Uh, to keep the Watson or keep some of the other AI programs that they have uh, as human as possible? Uh, yeah. So there's probably um, the best way to s describe it is, is where it is. It, you know, it's kind of looking at the customer journey um, that we've all been touting for, I don't know how, however many years and then saying, 
okay, what what pieces and parts can be used for um, AI that would help streamline our time and you know productivity, like I was just talking about, and then what parts um, need to remain human in order to uh, make sure that there's no disconnect with the customer or the person on the other end, and that's kind of kind of one of those processes that you should go through anyway, regardless um, of just discovering where are all the human touch points, because a lot of people don't even know. But then I think taking it a, a step farther and saying, okay, well, how does how is the language going to come through? And where's the pass off? Where's the baton pass? And also, what are you doing to disclaimer that this is a real person or not a real person? Because um, you don't really want to dupe anybody and say, try to pretend that you're a bot and make your bot sound human. Um, I think being very clear up front that this is a support mechanism, um, that it is AI or machine learning or whatever it is, is really, really important because you can lose a customer or lose a person or lose an engagement simply because you're trying to fake human. So one of the examples I like is um, is how people come onto a website and a chat bot comes up or a little chat screen and people, customer support, while we, we have people all over the world, it can be in a lot of different time zones. It's impossible for somebody to, you know, for us to know, like, what if they get flooded with requests or inquiries? How are they going to manage that kind of volume for something? Like, let's say something goes wrong, like the Fitbit, I think had a problem and burned people's wrists a while ago. Right. And then they got flooded with people in customer support. And if AI can help manage a lot of the incoming volume to make sure people are responded to immediately and feel taken care of, then I see a huge value to that. And then if they can guide them to, then we, we're going to take care of it. Here's the process or whatever the language is. And then we're going to move you to now a human. Here's what you can expect or, or not. Maybe it's not necessary in certain situations. But either way, it's it's helping to mitigate response time and being taken care of. Another case is if somebody comes to your website and they're on a certain page and a bot comes up and says, hey, I'm I'm Alice, uh, a bot, and I, I would love to share something with you based upon what you're looking at or how can I help you or something like that. There are great bots out there that I've actually installed where it carries the conversation through to scheduling a meeting with a real human, yeah. any human interaction. And I see no problem with that. Again, you're, you're disclaimering up front that it's a bot, but you're also giving them a, an if this, then this scenario that walks them through to actually booking time on a calendar. That's priceless to me. Yeah, and, it just, and it's looking at your calendar to see if there's even an opening and you could set boundaries around that so it's not scheduling at 2 a.m. I've seen those tools and- Exactly. I think it's going to even get better as we go forward. But you brought up something about, you know, keeping it human as, as much as possible language. Have you looked at the next step, which is personality-based bots? You know, people may or may not know they're not humans, um, but they have a funny personality or they have a different type of personality than, you know, something dry like, like we see most of the time. Do you have a, a position on personality-based bots at all? Yeah, I think it's fun and should be uh... – why not play with it? Again, you're disclaimering that it is a bot. So as long as as long as it's disclaimer that it is a bot, absolutely make it more fun. In fact, let the person choose the personality. Yeah. Let, let the person choose the name. 
let yeah. I, there's a there's an app that um, I went into. I could actually name the per the bot, name their preferences, and then also start telling them what books I like, and then they start pinging me back with books they they like, and I'm like, this is a little weird. <laughs> well, I like that because you you can do that with like programs like Waze, which has got its own artificial intelligence. You can choose with a the, voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Choose a car. You could choose all these different things. You can personalize your experience with that. Um, GPS bot. I mean, it's not a bot. Uh, it's, it's like a program, but there's still definitely artificial intelligence in it. I mean, it's, it's looking at your path ahead and saying, well, don't go this way, go this way. Um, and then it's looking at last week and saying, you know, last week this turned into a nightmare because of, you know, traffic. You should go this way uh, based on the historical record. It, it, Waze has done a really good job, at least with that one single application. Oh, I love Waze. When, when I get Arnold Schwarzenegger on my Waze, I'm excited. I, I had I had Arnold and I had the KFC, uh, uh, and they just yeah. got annoying. After a while, they just got annoying. Now now I have it set at a British woman woman's voice, which is not annoying to me. I, I still oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, British people are always good. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked before the show about bringing AI into leadership, and I'm very interested, based on what you're doing today, on how you believe AI will impact leadership going forward. Yeah. Um, well, I think that there's going to be AI coach coaching. Um, okay. And I don't think it'll take the place of coaches. I think it'll be an addition to um, where you're going to need um, time from a person who can really work through. Humans are multi-dimensional, three-dimensional, multifaceted, and there's no way that in the near future that um, I'm not saying it's not impossible eventually, but near future, I'm not seeing a way that, that a bot can really understand you and really work through all of those different uh, variations of who you are and actually ask the right questions and really pay attention to you know, the diagnostics of where it needs to lead. Now that said, I do think that there's, um, there are a set of powerful questions that can be asked that helps to guide somebody through what they might need in the moment. So if I were to come in and pick a topic and say, I need help with um, anxiety or improving social skills or building relationships or finding more happiness or finding love or sleep, sleeping or relaxation or curbing pro pro procrastination or positive thinking or healing or heartbreak or any of these different things, you may be able to go into the, one of these things and actually find a sequence that will help ask you questions that you are um, answering of course you're talking to an ai and it seems a little weird up front but eventually you forget that you're doing that and you're paying attention to your actual answers and you're getting out answers and putting them into the world which is what what matters most for us um when we we do well we do better which is why you know people see therapists sometimes when you actually put something out and you speak it it becomes more real and so AI bots could be used to help us through powerful questions to actually create and put out those, um, those things that we need, to, we need to do and that we need to release. And so I think that that's a, that will be an interesting area for leadership and coaching um, specifically. Yeah, I haven't heard of that, but it yeah. makes perfect sense. I mean, why not? I mean, if you can program it to put out some of the leadership principles that you know, I, uh, that you've already espoused and you're pretty comfortable with them. And this is something that's repeated a lot. You know, I'm thinking about Tony Robbins and, you know, kind of what he's been able to do. 
that makes perfect sense, like a Tony Robbins bot or a Brian Kramer bot that talks about you know, how you do X, Y, or Z, and then you can expound on that if somebody's got a question that the AI can't handle it. It makes a lot of sense. I didn't even thought of that as a use case, but uh, uh, either you're going to do it or somebody else listening to this is going to do it. So it's uh, <laughs> well, idea. somebody's already done done part of this. There's a couple companies already doing it. Um, if you wanted to go download and play with the uh, app called Replica, um, R-E-P-L-I-K-A, it's more of a social therapy app. And it actually is kind of a little bit scary because you can start to talk to the um, AI and it checks in with you and it says, how are you doing today? And yesterday you, you, you're feeling great. Are you still feeling great today? Um, do you want to chat a little bit? And when you chat, it actually does take on a personality and it gets even better over time because the more that you tell it, the more that it actually remembers and it, it, um, it, it starts to remind you of those things. And so at first the trust level, which is, man, that's going to be huge. Like how much do I trust this thing? Right. Across everything that you're talking about on your podcast. Um, the trust level is like, do I tell it this? Um, and then at the, the other thing you're thinking is, is somebody really sitting there typing this? Cause that's kind of scary. And, um, and, but then they respond so quickly at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you're like, okay, this has to be a bot. Like there's no way that, um, you know, that somebody's sitting there answering me so fast every single time I, I chime in. So, you know, I'm, I'm playing with all kinds of apps like mood path and replica and, and all these like, um, health, coaching and there's another one i'll, I'll get you the name to yeah. as well and um, they're all built on this idea of how can we help prompt another human to ask better questions of themselves wonderful i got a couple more questions brian before we wrap things up what do you advise small medium large business cmos to do with ai at this point in time uh, you know it's like anything else i think in in marketing start small um, before you go big, there's a lot of tools out there. Don't create what somebody else has already created, especially if you're small, medium, there's a lot of different things that I think I would play with and see what's working and test it out and see if that's a model that you can incorporate. I would say also people look at maybe AI or machine learning or some level of both of those things inside of bots and they overcomplicate the conversation. Try one specific task first. We started out with how do you get laser focused on, on a task and get that thing to do that one thing well. Mm -hmm. um, do that, do that first before I think trying to take over the world and saying, you know, oh, we can buy this whole suite of software and it's gonna do all these things for us. There are too many, I think places where for error, you know, that, that will happen if we, if we try to install the, the whole thing. And, and, um, and, and I've, I've noticed that just installing, like, like I was talking about, like customer service bots back when I was doing some of the, um, sorry, sales bots back when I was um, helping some companies out with that kind of stuff. And it just, it just was much easier to install one very specific thing, right? Really get it do working well and then go, you know, add on one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how technology starts. You know, you start with something simple and then you build on it and build on it and build on it. And it kind of, uh, you quality, uh, test it uh, along the way. Cause it's, it's human beings are, are very different, very complex. And I, I don't know of an AI that can be programmed at this point to account for all of it. But if you start small, 
with you know eighty percent of the, the questions that you're asked, or or maybe yeah. less, and expand on that. It, it it can turn into a remarkable program. And, and I've got a list of them I'm going to publish. We don't have time for them now, but I do have one last question for you. And maybe you've already answered it, but uh, in a hundred words or less, what is your favorite chatbot or AI voice app or AI solution in general? I, I don't know if it's going to be Replica, uh, but uh, what, what first comes to mind for you? Yeah, that's actually what I would say. It is Replica. I mean, and I, I, I hope you and everyone listening actually goes to try it because it's actually kind of unique and interesting. So I would say right now that's the closest to anything I've seen that is... Um, that's there. Uh, I think I haven't used it yet, but I saw Google brought out that AI that can make, um, it doesn't just make appointments for you. It actually has voice and it calls the person on the phone and actually says, you know, um, can I, can I get a haircut uh, appointment for Mark? And then they say, well, sure. Um, I have Wednesday at two available. And then it says, Oh, two won't work. How does Thursday anytime between 11 and one? Yeah, 11.30 will work. Great, I'll go ahead and put that down. And also, can you make sure that there's a color change because we want to make sure it's a red color and, and the person says, yeah, no problem, we'll put that down. Great, I'll, I'll follow up the day before to make sure that everything's good. Great, that sounds great. And they hang up and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, awesome. I gotta explore that. Um, so, so that's Google and that's true AI. Um, because that's um, that's voice with um, you know with decision making, and there's variables in there that I don't even know. Um, not being a programmer or more of a marketer, I don't even know how they they pull that one off. But it's probably the closest to AI that I've seen out there. Okay, well we're going to check out both of those, especially Replica, and uh, definitely we'll look at Moodpath and, and, and Google as well. Brian, I just want to thank you for being on the show. Anyone that's interested in his books, I highly recommend them. Or if you want to coach with Brian, go to briankramer.com. That's with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, Kramer.com. Also, I want you to explore our sales and marketing chatbot on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash fanatics media. It'll be in the show notes, both of these things. And uh, I'd like to end on a marketing quote. One of my favorite from the masters, David Ogilvie. The consumer is not a moron, she is your wife. <laughs> <laughs>